Hey guys, good morning and welcome to Journey Church Online. We are so glad that you have joined us today. God is doing some incredible things. We've got a great message for you. If you're interested in more information about Journey Church, we have a messaging service where you can text the phrase, My Welcome to 94000. This will help you get to know a little bit more about Journey Church. And also if you want updates or about what God is doing here at Journey Church and how to be a part of that, you can text My Journey to 94000. As we're preparing for today's message and the service, we're talking about missions today and how we're committed to missions and being a part of the Great Commission. And so if you will, we want you to share the message with somebody today. There may be somebody out there that needs to hear how the church is on mission day in, day out, and how we can be a part of that. So let's ask God to just bless today's gathering. As you guys gather your family around a TV set and you worship, I want to encourage you to worship uh, in spirit and in truth. In other words, don't just watch the TV, but really engage and lead your family to sing the songs and be a part of it. And then prepare your heart. And So let's prepare our heart now for what God wants to do. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank for the incredible privilege, God, of just being able to gather together as the body of Christ and to be able to worship you in truth and in spirit. Father, I pray that we would bring our very best. As we look in Scripture, we know that, God, over and over, you required our best, not our leftovers, not whatever we just wanted to give, but we were to bring our very best. God, you're honored in that. So we pray that you would be honored today. We pray that you would speak boldly, uh, Lord Father, to, uh, through Pastor Brandon today as he brings the message about missions today. And so, Father, we look forward to being able to worship you together as the body of Christ, as we are literally the church scattered all over the region, but God, together for the purpose of worshiping you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Years ago, a NASA engineers had created this cannon that would actually fire uh, chickens at the windshields of aircraft and other things to test its durability. Well, British engineers, are, they were eager and they wanted to do this, have this same technology at their disposal as well. So lots of writings went on and correspondence and actually NASA was able to ship this chicken cannon uh, into England where they would be able to test this on a train. Well, this, the engineers get this cannon, and they, and they load it with a chicken, and they fire it. And at their amazement, the windshield had actually burst and ruptured into many, many pieces. And the English engineers stood there in amazement and just wondered what was going on. And so they began to put all these numbers together and facts and figures and just send this information back to NASA and complain that it just didn't work. The American engineers seeing this information, watching the, the videos and seeing what happened, they actually just responded with this one message from the British firing a chicken into a plastic windshield, and it read this way, thaw the chicken first. You see, so many times we don't understand the instructions that are given to us. We assume a lot of things, and just like uh, the engineers and the British engineers did. They assumed that they could just take a frozen chicken and load it into a cannon and fire it at a plastic windshield, not realizing that it needed to be a thawed chicken to test the durability. Oftentimes we will assume that we know what to do. Even in my own life, I have avoided instructions. 
I remember one very cold night in December as I was assembling a basketball goal and just failing miserably to get this thing completed, knowing that I knew what to do, using certain amounts of tools that I had used many, many times before, but hearing those great words from my wife, who is one of the most brilliant people I know, say, if you would just read the instructions. I feel today that so many of us have done that, even in the church. We have avoided the instructions that have been given to us. We take the Word of God and we read it, and sometimes we take it for granted. We, make it assume, we assume that it means certain things that it doesn't. And therefore, it's led us in a really bad way. In essence, it's almost like we fired a frozen chicken into a windshield at so many different elements of life. I believe that the Word of God is true when it tells us this. Today we're going to be looking at what it means to be committed to missions. We're going to be wrapping up our series and Committed. And when it comes to mission, the church has often misread the instructions. We've spent so many times assuming what the Word of God is teaching us. And today we're going to be looking at Paul and his writings in Romans 10 and really specifically what it means to be called, to be sent, and to serve, to hear the gospel and receive it and to live fully into it. So we'll be reading in Romans 10, verses 8 through 15. The Bible reads this way. In fact, it says, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about the faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, Anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. We want to be a church that's committed to missions. We want to be taking the words that Paul has given to us himself and lead into it. We we talked about Paul a few weeks ago in in our series, and we talked about what it means to be committed to being a disciple. Saul was his name prior to being... Paul, and he was someone who was a martyr to the, he was someone who was killing, martyring Christians, taking their lives, burning churches, everything that Jesus stood for, Saul was against, but in this major impact in his life, this life-changing altercation between him and Jesus, he repents, he turns, and he begins to follow the way that Jesus has led. We talked about Barnabas bringing him to the apostles and, and vouching for him. And then we see later on that Paul and Barnabas themselves are sent on mission. They actually go out. They've been discipled, disciples of each other, and then they've been sent out to go and tell the good news of Jesus, tell of his salvation to the, to the Jews and to the Gentiles, to, to bring the good news to anyone that would hear that. And Paul in this, in this passage tells us that 
anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, that if we, if we believe, if we openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved, is His statement that He is giving. The first 11 chapters of Romans is, is His declaration of the gospel, His sharing of the good news and breaking it down for either side, for the Jew, for the Gentile, to hear what Jesus had done for them. And not only that, what Jesus had done for Him specifically. So we will be committed to missions when we do this. When we openly declare. When we openly declare, that means to speak up, to share the love that Jesus has given you and to share about who you believe in. For Paul to speak up for the Jew was very... That was a difficult thing. Their whole life had been dedicated to only speaking of God, but in a way of fear, to adhering their life to all these rules... And for them to say the words, Jesus is Lord, was almost a life sentence to them. I mean, like death could come to them. If we think back to what Saul was doing prior to, for anyone that would confess Jesus as their Savior, he would want them murdered. He would want them killed. He would want their families destroyed, their churches burned, their homes destroyed. And now he is saying those words that if you want to be a follower says you have to declare that out loud. You've got to be vocal about it. You have got to do exactly this. Openly declare. Not hide from it. And that's the thing I feel like we've done is when we misinterpret the instructions, we fail to adhere to the instructions, we are not openly declaring, which is why we don't see our world changing. Then let me say this very clear. Our world is not the globe. Our world is what is in front of us. Before a Roman soldier would go and fight, he would literally take his sword and draw a line in front of him from one side where he could touch another man's sword to the other, and they would declare, if I can conquer my world, we will be victorious. Their world was what was in front of them. And we have to openly declare who Jesus is to our world, those who are in front of us, to declare that He is our Savior, that we have, re- we have received the salvation that only He can bring. We have to share the love that only Jesus can bring. It is a compassionate love. When people are hurting, we should share the the hope and the love of Jesus with them. And we have to openly share who we believe in and why we believe in Jesus. That is the essence of what Paul is telling us here, to openly declare, to speak out. So not only must we openly declare who Jesus is, and share with the world. But secondly, we must live by faith. Paul takes a great amount of time to tell us what it means to live a life of faith. Being the man who himself had to work through so many things, himself had to go and be discipled, a man who had to face many trials himself, and to face people who he earlier would accuse and want to take out, now he's living a life of faith in front of them, saying, but Jesus has transformed me. And he explains this to us in Romans 10, 14, and 15. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, Paul declares. Anyone who says his name and calls on his name has expectancy of salvation to come into their life. But he goes on with this life of faith that we must live. He says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them and how will anyone go and tell them without 
being sent. It's that life of faith that we must lean into. This is why the Scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Paul is, is sharing with us in this point what it really means to have a life of faith. It's to go into the world. It's to go out and to share. When he references in verse 15... Uh, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. This is a reference to Isaiah. In Isaiah 52, where the, they were in captivity in Assyria, and the messengers bring news and says, hey, guess what? You have been set free. And Paul is likening the sharing of the gospel right now to those that are Jewish and Gentile, that they are captive to sin and a life that is condemning them to death. And he is saying, by believing in Jesus and declaring Him openly and living by faith. And when you go and you tell that to people, you are setting them free. He is likening the two together. Isaiah 52 reads this way, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who bring good news. The good news of peace and salvation. The news that God of Israel reigns. And when we live a life of faith, when we lean into moving out of our comfort zone, when we live into that life of, of declaring Jesus publicly, again, to our world, whatever is in front of us, and we live by faith, we are telling the world who Jesus is, and we hopefully are setting them free, giving them the keys that Jesus can bring into their life to get them out of death. That is the good news that we share. And we do this a third way, is that when we go, Paul is telling us in the last passage, how can anyone do this unless someone goes? And how will anyone go until unless being sent? We must go and to share. And the first place we do this is in our home. If you have received Jesus as your Savior, your home becomes your world. Your home becomes the place where you disciple. So it could just be a husband and wife and now you're you're sharpening each other. You're, you're discipling each other. If you have children, it is your job. Mom, Dad, it is your job to disciple your children, to share the good news with them. But don't just stop with that. Teach them what Paul is sharing right here with us is to go. Live a life by faith and to go into their world and to share. I had the privilege last year of taking my family on, on a mission trip. And essentially a mission trip is just where you set aside money, you find a time where you can go to a different place and you share Jesus, and it comes in many forms. For us, this is my family, we went on a mission trip to the Dominican, and while this is beautiful and we're all smiles, this is the end of the week, and, and we were tired. But it's our day where we get to kind of just go see some sights, go to the beach, go up on a mountain, get a beautiful picture. And um, it's, it's my two sons and my daughter, we, we were on this trip together, um, for seven years, I've been able to go on a trip to the Dominican Republic. And I was able to take my son. This was his third trip. This is Ben. And then Garrett, it was his second trip to go. But for Avery, our daughter, at, at this stage of her life, she was seven years old. And the really interesting thing about that was in January of 2019, Avery, at the age of seven, prayed to receive Jesus as her Savior. It was on a Wednesday night and just driving home from church. She got in this great conversation with her mom and through that, Carla was able to lead Avery in, in, in to salvation through Jesus. And so when we were making our plans to go on this trip together, we thought, man, it's, you know, our, 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 our family is all believers in Jesus. We're all being discipled. We should go together. 
And so God, man, he provided money for us to do that. And we took a, a large group from our church, teenagers and adults. We went, we shared the gospel, we, we fed people, we worked on stuff. We had a great time together. But as we were there earlier in the week, we were dividing up into teams and going into different homes and we were sharing in, in the salvation story of Jesus Christ. And we had to use translators and as we would go into homes, typically two of us would stand in the back while the others would, would go into a home or sit on the front porch, whatever the homeowner would let us do. And the team inside would speak and share and the translator would take the, the English language and translate it into a Dominican Spanish and the two people would stand outside and we would just pray. And as we had done about seven of these things with the team that I was a part of, we heard this little voice say these words, when is it my turn? And at this point, I saw that my daughter, at the age of seven, was ready to go and share the news of Jesus, the, the, the greatest story in the world. She was prepared to share. And so in this home right here, you'll see uh, two of our team members. This is my daughter, Avery. This is our translator. And behind the door over here is a woman in her 70s. It's a woman who's ten times the age of my daughter, and the seven-year-old is taking the good news that Jesus is salvation to someone who doesn't speak her language in a foreign country and sharing. And it all happened because we started at home. I don't share the story to brag. I share it to, to give you hope that it can start at your home. You can see discipleship with your doing with your kids, with your, with your wife, with your husband, whoever is in your home, you can see how the Lord's message will go. His words are truth. And you can do this as well. So what happens when we go, it also happens when we give. When we give to missions, we allow others to go and to share as well. We were part of a trip because people had given and, and supported us to go overseas. But listen, it doesn't just stop there. When we give of our money and we give of our time, we give of our energy, we help the gospel go forward. We have someone that's a partner in a church in our area. His name is Dwayne Rembrandt. And, and you guys know him well. You've heard him speak here. We support him monthly. I want you to hear a personal story from him. What happens when you give and what happens when the Lord takes and honors that. Listen to this. What's going on, Journey Church? This is Pastor Duane from Flatline Church at Chisholm. Yeah. Definitely want to give you an update on what's been going on. Um, but first, I do want to thank you guys for uh, praying for us, supporting us, uh, championing us, uh, just uh, encouraging us in so so many ways, uh, even in the, in the times when it's just high and even in times when it's just hard. Uh, recently, uh, in the last month, we had a house fire, a personal house fire at our home. Um, but right now, currently, we're at the ministry house, our Montgomery Baptist Association ministry house. Uh, God is, is faithful there. He's taking care of us, growing us closer as a family, even in that. And then... Uh, we had a house fire about a month ago, and then a week later, the engine in my truck went out. So the first thing I did, I called Pastor Mike, told him about the situation. He said, man, we're praying for you. Um, and I told him what we were looking for, too. I told him that we were looking for uh, a 2011-2012 white Ford F-150 at cost. Uh, just If you know anybody who's selling one, just let me know. And he said, in the meantime, come up here. You can pick up the church truck, drive that truck. 
uh, until God opens the door for you to get um, uh, get you another 2011 uh, or 2012 Ford F-150. And I want to stay white because the, over the last year and a half, the community has grown accustomed to that white truck. So that's a, they know that's a mission truck. So as I drive through Chisholm, they're stopping that truck. Hey, Pastor Dwayne, you know, this is what I got going on. I heard the word, you know, and just keeping, keeping us up to breast, you know, because they know that truck. So, but three days ago, I get a call uh, from a brother. Said When he called me, he said, uh, Dwayne, how you doing, buddy? I heard about what happened to your truck. And uh, for three months, I've been trying to uh, trade my truck in and uh, get me a new truck. Well, basically, say I wanted a new truck, but God wouldn't let me trade in my new truck. And uh, he said, God wanted me to give this truck to a ministry. And he started apologizing. He said, Dwayne, it's an old truck. It's a 2011 white Ford F-150 down to the T. So he ended up gifting uh our family and our ministry uh with that truck so we're driving that right now but i thank god for you guys for stepping in and being that bridge and still allowing me to serve god and even uh teach my children humility and my family humility by driving around and it's an early 80s uh, uh, pickup truck but we're not identified by the, the, the vehicle that we drive we're identified uh, by the lord that we serve we're identified by jesus who is in us so we thank y'all for loving us, serving us, and I pray that your faith will be built, you know, that you will trust the Lord and him providing exactly what you need as long as your your needs are in line with his will. So well, if you make up in your mind that you want to honor the Lord with your life, he'll give you everything that you need in order to fulfill that so that he may be brought glory. So I love y'all. We thank you. We praise God for you. Uh, have a blessed one. What an incredible story. What an amazing story. A testimony of what happens when we give. But it doesn't happen just when we, when we go, when we give, but also when we pray. We can't do this on our own. We all need the help of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need the help that, that, that God can give us through when we align ourselves and we pray to Him and say, So God, today, as I'm looking into my world, who is it you want me to, to, to share with? Who today can I take the good news of salvation? Can I speak up and live by faith and to go into this area and to, to give into them of myself? And, and, and who is it? God, show me today who I need to share your love with. And I think you'd be surprised at who he doesn't tell you to share with. I oftentimes think we're, we're, we're waiting on something major to happen when God is specifically speaking to us and saying, it's the person sitting beside you that you've sat next to at a desk in your office for the last 10 years. And they have no clue that you're a follower of Jesus. Share with them. Live by faith. Lean into that time. Or maybe it's the person you're about to walk into a classroom with and sit down next to. Maybe it's a person that you're about to get jammed into in Walmart and you're still practicing your social distancing, but you're both very frustrated with where we are in our times and you can just turn around and just breathe a word of encouragement to them. And just say, wow, even though we're having to wait and it feels exhausting, isn't God so good? And just hear the response. We will, our prayer life can change that in us, but we must pray. And by doing these things, by, by leaning into these three areas where we go, where we give, and where we pray, we begin to see Acts 1-8 literally lived out in our life. And it reads this way. 
you will be my witnesses, telling people everywhere in Jerusalem, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And Jesus himself is declaring to those listening to his voice at that time, you will be my witnesses everywhere you go. That means here locally, in Prattville, in the River Region, in Montgomery, wherever you are, in your home, in your town, in your area, that's what that means is right where you are. And it means across the nation. And then it means international. To go into other countries. That could be you physically. That could be you sending money to support another missionary. Journey Church is committed to missions. We support many local organizations. And we partner with church planners and mission groups across our nation. We support missionaries in foreign countries as well. But don't misunderstand the instructions that because our church supports that, that means that we as believers, as disciples of Jesus, don't have a responsibility as well to go and to lead and to teach and to share and to work. That's what we're called to do. We have a responsibility to do these things as well. So here's some next steps for us as we go forward. As a disciple of Jesus, we will go and take the good news. We will go and take our take the news that we have. And the greatest thing we have in our life is this, is Jesus. That is the greatest news that we have is Jesus brings a salvation. And we will go and we will take this good news. And just like my daughter going into a foreign country and just waiting her turn to say to tell somebody what Jesus had done for her. And it was a 70 plus year old woman that she was able to tell that to. We will go and do that as well. We'll do this three ways, okay? We will go to our home. We will begin at home. It is the safest place that you know. It is where you can be yourself, where you can share who you are, and you can take it right there. And if you've never done it before, I want you to know it's not too late to begin. It's never too late to open the Word of God and to read and and let the Holy Spirit invade your heart, invade your mind, and change your life so that you can... impact your family. It is never, ever too late to do that. Don't be ashamed to take that stand in your home. I promise you, your family will, will, will forgive you and your transgressions when you start adding Jesus into their life and into your life. It won't be a mistake. So we take at home. Then we go at work. We take it to the next level. We go to the next place where we're most comfortable as well. We'll take it to those that we've hung out with for a long time. And again, maybe, maybe they'll make fun of you a little bit. That's okay. This is what we're called to do. So take that good news at home, at work. Work those conversations in. Remember the world that you've been given is what's in front of you at this moment. And so that person you've sat next to for 10 years that's never heard you utter the name of Jesus, never heard you whisper a prayer, never heard you give concern and care, now you can do this. And then last one, everywhere we go, Everywhere we go, the world that we have, when we get in our car and we drive to the store, we go on vacation, we, we, we drive across country for whatever reason, no matter where we go and where we find ourselves, this becomes our world. This becomes the place where we get to make the greatest impact for five seconds, for ten minutes maybe. Some of the greatest conversations I've had in theology and, 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 and just talking about God in general have been in airports. I've been sitting next to people that I don't know, but I'm going to be sitting next to them for two hours while we wait on this airplane to get there. 
Or on an airplane, when you're locked in, you can't go anywhere. They make you wear your seatbelt the entire time. You can lean into a a gospel, life-changing conversation with someone. And rarely for me have I ever found someone who had no clue who God was. No clue who Jesus was. They had some idea, or they were devout believers as well, and it was just an encouraging time for us to be together. So it's everywhere you go. So we will go, we'll take the good news, and then second step we have here is we will share in the work of ministry. As a church, we can do this together. We can give. In December, we have the big give. And it's a time where we set aside money throughout the year for anything that's in excess, we maybe move it to a different account. We allow our kids to take the change from our pocket and put into a jar to keep that. We find opportunities if, if there's a profit on something that we've sold to move that over here. We find opportunities where we can give, and, and we bring it all together at the same time in December, and we give. It impacts every local, uh, local organization in our area, pregnancy centers, food banks, uh, church planners, local guys in the area, so many more places where these, this money impacts life. It's through the big give, and we can do this together. And we also can give to missionaries in other countries that allows them to continue to share. Right now in the, the world we're living in with COVID, travel is being restricted and we can't get to places that we used to. It's the first time in many years I was not able to be in the Dominican Republic over the summer to work, but you know what we were able to do? We were able to support the ministry that's there. We were able to support the pastors that are in the area that live there. They're, they're from the country. They have great influence in the area to help out, uh, resource them to be out, to continue to share the news. It doesn't have to be us physically on the ground when we can't because God has placed people there. So we need to be committed to give. Church, this is who we are. As followers of Christ, this is who we are. We can do this together. We will be committed three ways. As believers, we will be committed because we are believers in Jesus Christ. Christ. It's what he's called us to do. And as believers, not only that, but as disciples, those following Jesus closely, listening to his word, learning his word, teaching his word to others, as we disciple others, we will do the same thing. And lastly, as journey church members, as a believing body that you have aligned yourself with the core values and doctrines that that journey church believes in, these are things that we will do. We will be committed to missions. As we will be committed Totally. So church, let's be committed together. Let's take the good news of the gospel to everywhere we can. Whatever our world is in front of us at the moment, let's do this together. You can be hearing this for the first time today and say, hey, I'm not a believer in Jesus, but I want to. I want to know how to take this news out. And I want you to know that right now, wherever you are, you can pray a prayer. and You can ask Jesus to come into your heart, to change your life, to rescue you from death and deliver you into life. That's what the Bible tells us clearly in Ephesians. It's the same prayer that my daughter prayed a year and a half ago. And as Jesus referenced many times, the faith like a child that we must take to believe in Jesus. It's that small step in alignment with Jesus where he literally changes your life. He saves you in an instant and you can do that in your home. And maybe for you, you're saying, hey, I'm a believer in Jesus, but I've never taken these steps. I don't know what it means to be committed to missions. We want to join with you. We want to help you in that process. You You can send emails. You can talk to one of the pastors here at any time. Call our church office. We are always ready to have conversations with you to help. 
But let's take moments now and let's truly ponder our life. And let's realize what Jesus has called us to do. And with boldness, let's step forward. Let's be committed. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for this day. God, I pray you take this word and you multiply it. God, you take it right now. And Lord, you, you shape it into every home that's listening right now. And Father, you continue to, share, to shape us into the people you called us to be. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for your word. We're thankful for your truth that is life transforming. And we pray today that we would be committed believers to you, to your word, and to your gospel. And we pray it in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. We are a church that is committed to missions. And so that whole mentality of go and do, Jesus was missions-minded, and God wants all of us, every one of us, to have a part in fulfilling that mission, the Great Commission. If you just made a decision to follow Christ, we want you to know it's the greatest decision you'll ever make. It, It affects every other decision. And so there's some next steps. And so if you would... Text that phrase, my decision, to 94,000, and it allows us to kind of get, connect with you and to kind of walk with you through that process. Now, we're going to bring our tithes and our offerings to God, and I want to encourage you to trust God completely in this area of your life. We do that through our giving. Now, now we've made this super simple. You should be able to see a link on the screen or in the comment section to the Journey Church giving page, and there you can return God's tithe. It's His. It's not ours. And our offering, that's what we give above and beyond. And if you need help learning how to give online, we have several tutorial videos on our YouTube page. Your giving allows us to continue to make an increasing impact for the gospel. So take that step right now and allow God to bless your obedience. I promise you he'll bless it. Again, thank you so much for joining us online today, and we will see you back here next week.